Quinn from Maker Switch, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Yo, this is Joey Baladonna from Anthrax, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hey, what's up? This is Rob Caggiano from Anthrax, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Fired up. Yo, what's up? This is Frank Bello from Anthrax, and you are listening to Iron City Rocks. Turn it up! Hello, everybody. This is Charlie from Anthrax, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Turn it up. Anthrax loves you. Welcome again, everyone, to episode 160 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I am your host, John, and we are coming to you from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, with some of the best hard rock, metal, and blues talk going. Episode 160, we have uh, two special guests. We have a band from the Pittsburgh area, Icarus Witch, who have uh, done some touring across the United States uh, with uh, many bands, but uh, most notably Paul Diano. Uh, they served as his backing band on uh, several tours of the United States. A phenomenal band that carry the kind of traditional heavy metal sound. So we're going to talk to them about their new album, Rise, which comes out in July on the 2nd, I believe. And then we will be joined by drummer extraordinaire of the brand Anthrax, Charlie Benante, will be joining us to talk about the Mayhem Festival Tour, which is kicking off actually in the month of June. So we were lucky enough to talk to Charlie all about that tour. Also, uh, possibilities of new albums, further tours, etc. So, great talk. That show is July 28th at First Niagara Pavilion. If you are in the Pittsburgh area, you can go to the Mayhem Festival website and find dates for that all across the country. A phenomenal show is going to feature Slipknot, Slayer, Motorhead, one of my all-time favorites, um, Asking Alexandria, Anthrax, the list goes on and on and on. So uh, if you're a metal fan, this is a, a show you want to catch. So without further ado, we are going to talk to Quinn Lucas of the band Icarus Witch. First, we want to give you a sample of their new album, Rise. This is the song, The End. Thank you. 
gentlemen, I'd like to welcome back to Iron City Rocks. Quinn Lucas of the band Icarus Witch. How you doing, Quinn? Ah, uh, pretty good. What's happening? Not much. You know, we're just coming off the uh, the busy time of the year for concerts. You guys just played a show over the weekend with Cinderella. Can we start there and uh, talk a little bit about how that went? Uh, yeah, um, it was amazing, man. Um, the Carnegie Library Theater is uh, a great venue. I mean, everything about it was awesome. You had, I mean, the the best sound possible, uh, a great audience. All night was just stellar as far as, yeah. uh, you know, audience participation and just everyone digging it and, uh, you know, just having a good time. And then you had Cinderella come on and just kick everybody's ass. It was awesome. Yeah, that's one of the one of the great things. I you probably old enough to uh, vaguely remember the Syria Mosque, but the Carnegie to me was is kind of a great natural progression. I mean, I, we don't have a Syria Mosque, which happens to be why I first saw Cinderella. But you know, the the, uh, the Carnegie, you're so close no matter where you're at. You can buy the worst seat to have, and you're still right on top of the band. Yeah, it's, it's great, great place to be. It's a beautiful building. It's uh, you know, it's nice. You don't have to go downtown and fight through the traffic and stuff. You get the waterfront there, so if you want to get a fight to that show, you're right there. Yeah, I think it's, you know, I think it's a great thing for, for Pittsburgh to have something like that. Yeah, yeah, it is. So, um, Warren, were you a Cinderella fan? Or were you kind of... Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's... My my taste lie all over the board. Like, I've always thought, like, Tommy Kiefer is always, a you know, just a, one of the most unique voices out of that whole era. And his, his guitar playing is amazing too. But um, yeah, I was a I'm definitely a Cinderella fan. Yeah. Now you guys uh, have gone through some lineup changes since your last record. Uh, you yeah. Replaced the guitarist. You replaced the vocalist. Talk a little bit about how you went about specifically getting the vocalist Christopher uh, on board. Yeah, it's um the the whole thing with uh you know with our decision to change the front man of the band was uh, kind of a natural progression. We were on the road at the time. Um, and it just seemed that, uh, what, what we wanted to do as a band, you know, we weren't really going to accomplish artistically with, uh, with Matt being, uh, you know, just in front of us singing and stuff. It would be a great voice and, you know, great guy. But at the end of the day, you know, it actually did come down to artistic differences and in the ways that, that he's seen the band going and the ways that, you know, me and Jason seen the band going. And uh, the the guy, the first guy that popped in my mind was uh, Christopher Shaner. And uh, I've worked with him in previous bands and just thought, you know, that, that he would just take take this band to the next level as far as, you know, having that, ready for the, you know, just more accessible to, 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 to more people as far as opening up yeah, the yeah. audience to, to enjoying what we do as far as just having a very narrow, you know, niche in, yeah. in the metal genre. Yeah, I noticed with this record, and maybe it's just, just one man's perception, but the writing on this doesn't seem quite as dark. And maybe that's relative to his style of voice or because to me he reminds me enough, I'm not sure if you're familiar with uh Lillian Axe, uh the band, but he reminds me of a lot of their original their you know, the playing the fame singer Ron Taylor. Where he's got yeah. it's a powerful voice. Um, it's not Dio operatic, but it's still very, very powerful. 
Yeah, or like his favorite, his favorite, you know, singers are guys like uh, um, Paul Rogers and David Coverdale and, and guys like that. Guys that are more like soulful, a little more bluesy ended, you know. Right. And uh, yeah. it, I think it really shows, you know. Yeah. Now, did you guys write with him, or how, how does Dick Hurst Rich, Rich write new material? Do you guys? Yeah, previously, yeah, previously, I mean, the band's gone through a lot of changes that way, too. Uh, previously, what we would do, like, I would have an idea, or Jason would have an idea, and we would either work on it separately or work on those ideas together, and then basically expand it throughout the band. And uh, this time, we did that, but we also, Chris brought in song ideas. Okay. And, you know, uh, whenever our other, we had, you know, another lineup change was adding Dave Watson on guitar. And, uh, you know, as soon as he came in the band, you know, he had ideas. And the drummer as well, our new drummer, Tom Wisbecki, you know, he just has these great writing ideas. So we figured, well, we're going to make a change. You know, let's let's try to, to incorporate everybody in the writing process. So everyone had ideas and would toss them around and, you know, sit around and we'd jam on them, take them home and put everybody's little stamp on them. And, uh, you know, what came out is, is something that I think is, uh, just really, uh, just really shows that, you know, the, the diversity in, in the material. Yeah. And it, but it's still cohesive. I don't listen to it and go, this is, you know, oh, that's a coin idea or that's Jason. Idea. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, exactly. And that's, you know, we didn't want it to be that way. You know, we, of course, you know, there's there's certain things if people know us that well, they're like, ah, maybe that's something that Jason wrote or something like that. But, you know, it is it is cohesive in, in the fact that, yeah. it, you know, from it's seamless. You can't tell, like, okay, this was written, okay, maybe before they got the new guitar player or something like that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah, thanks, man. How do you and Dave uh, kind of share duties on the guitar now? Do you... Uh... Do one of you primarily do lead, or you can kind of switch off on whose song it was? Or um, it's it's always a, a weird thing with us because I love that dual guitar, you know, uh, just Queen Drake attack where like both guys would just, you know, Maiden and, and Reich and guys like that that yeah. you know would play, you know, all the harmonies together and also have trade offs. So primarily, it's down the middle. I mean. If there's there's usually two solo sessions on each each tune, you know, okay. so usually he takes one and I'll take one, or we'll play the whole solo section together. Oh, so you've got that kind of DeGarmo and Wilson in their heyday. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. It's, to me, those guys were just gods. So. Yeah, yeah. When they would when they would start doing those dual leads, I, you know, other than Thin Lizzy, I can't think of a band that did dual leads to me that were were better. Yeah, I I agree. Obviously, but, but yeah, um, I agree. Now the the album itself. Did you guys record that in Western PA, or did you did Cleopatra kind of have you go somewhere and do it? Um, no. What we did uh, previously, again, like this was yet another change in the band uh, for for me and Jason. We have always uh, done all the previous Icarus Switch recordings and albums with Eric Klinger in right in Pittsburgh. And, uh, well, he moved out of the country. And so, like, me and Jason were left without a producer. You know, like, yeah, this was, 
you know, he's, he's produced the band since the beginning of it. And, um, you know, so we're like kind of chasing our tail and that's where like Dave's entrance into the band kind of started because we had a single that we wanted to record. Uh, and so we were searching, you know, through, through different producers and stuff locally. And we wanted to do it locally. We wanted to keep it, you know, from this area. And so we uh, found, you know, we knew Dave, we all knew him and uh, he, he was uh, working at Soundscape in uh, okay. Keysport. And so we went and recorded the single there and it came out brilliant. You know, it was, it was everything that I wanted to change about the production as far as like boosting, just bigger guitars, everything a little bit bigger and more, more, you know, I hate to say modern sounding, but just more, uh, yeah. a sense of urgency to the mix. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, so whenever Ed, you know, decided to, to depart from the band, it was a no brainer to ask Dave to do it. Cause I knew he was a great guitar player. And also yeah. it was like, well, this guy knows what we want to sound like. And so we yeah. did, Dave produced the album at Soundscape and, uh, you know, just kept it homegrown in, in Pittsburgh. Yeah. And the, and the good thing there, I think, I mean, I remember when I first just kind of turned on to your band, I remember seeing something labeling you guys as part of the, the new wave of American heavy metal or something like that. Yes. Yeah, kind of I think it was, for... yeah, it was, uh, you know, that was an, a term, you know, brought up by, uh, you know, press and, yeah. You know, it, it was it was fitting at the time. And I think you know they called us like the new wave of traditional heavy metal or something. Yeah, it was something like that. And but yeah, it, it was an, it was a flattering term. And I, I know as a fan of traditional metal, I was like, yeah, that's cool. But you don't want to be pigeonholed with that. You don't want to be yeah uh, some sort of you know throwback band. And I, yeah, I, I mean it. Other. Yeah, there's there's a difference between um, you know waving a flag and giving a nod to your, your influences, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And, uh, there's, there's a fine line. And like, like I said, you know, that, that was a, a flattering thing to be a part of, or, or to be, uh, you know, we coined that, that phrase. And, uh, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad that someone took the initiative to kind of see that in our band. And, uh, just now, you know, it's, you can't rewrite the same stuff and we, we wouldn't like to, this band would not write our previous albums right. as a whole. Yeah. And you can hear that on the record. It doesn't sound like, I don't want to say you don't sound like the same band because it does, but it, it doesn't in a way. It really yeah. doesn't sound like, you know, the 2009 Bruce Witch. Um, yeah. One, one of the questions I have to ask, are you guys, I mean, do you have any touring lined up? I, I know you've done shows locally. Uh, yeah, we're we're uh, heading to hit the road in August with uh, again more like-minded metal bands, uh, White Wizard from uh, okay. L.A. and yeah. uh, our our buddy's widow from uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, and okay. and like-minded. It's they're all part of the kind of new wave of tra- you know traditional heavy metal. Right. And, um, you know, so we all kind of, like I said, don't wave the flag, but it's all part of who we are. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, so we're one other tour that obviously kind of came and went without ever happening was, was Mr. Diano's tour. I mean, do you guys stay in touch? Is that something that's still yeah. in the future? Um, yeah, I would, I would say so. Cause 
it's it's again a, a tight knit community between like his man manager him and us. You know, we're all friends. We all still stay in contact with each other. Um, you know, this previous one just didn't happen just because you know logistics didn't line up and yeah. stuff like that. You know, because we've done two two uh, prior tours with him and both of them worked out great. You know, everyone was happy at the end of the day and we all got along great, you know, like me and Paul are pretty, pretty good friends, especially on the road. You know, we, we, uh, hang out a lot and stuff. So Uh, I can imagine the stories he can tell. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, like those, those books have nothing on hearing it, you know, firsthand, like old maiden stories and stuff like that. You know, it's, it's great to hear that stuff. Yeah, you know. and it certainly helps helps to elevate the status of the band. I mean, because right away, I mean, we've all seen bands come and go, but you know, I have to admit, it certainly catches your attention when they say he's the, he, you know, he's touring with this band, and not only is he touring with them, but they're his backing band for the night. You know, that says something, you know, about the quality of musicianship, you know, in your band. So uh, yeah, thanks. Great, great tool. You know, I, I have to admit, you know, if Mr. Tate. Would happen to need a backing band, which it seems like he might. You know, I'd certainly recommend he look you guys up. Oh, dude. <laughs> hey, that is something that you know I would uh, I would love to jam with Tate. You know, yeah, he's he's one of my all-time favorite vocalists of all time. You know, of, yeah. of all time. You know. Yeah, that is, it's so strange to watch how Queen's Rex unfold in the last three or four weeks. But, so. Yeah, it's uh, like m- my. My whole thing is uh, I'm interested in seeing where it goes on both ends. Like, we might end up having two great projects out of it, so, Yeah, you know. it certainly seemed like the last record was going in very different directions, you know. One yeah. They were doing, you know, uh, theater, you know, and the, the guys in the band are doing very rock. You know, like Michael Wilson had a very rock-oriented album, and then the Reich album came out, and I'm like, uh, no, quite, yeah, the dinner's fine, but you never know, I mean. Yeah, so, uh, like I said, you, you know, we might see two really great projects out of it, kind of like the, uh, you know, Dave Mustaine being kicked out of Metallica thing, you know, we, we got to see two great bands, and so. Yeah, yeah, I think we were all better off for that, as odd as it is. Yeah. All right, well, um, what is the actual street date of the album? It uh, drops July 3rd. July 3rd. And the album's called Rise. It's on Cleopatra Records. Um, that'll be available, obviously, like Amazon and iTunes. Uh, uh, you know, yeah, also uh, FYEs, Best Buys. Okay. And uh, any of the local record stores, like uh, anything in Southside or anything like that, if you're aware of? Yeah, I, the Ides, um, The Exchange, all those places will have it. Yeah. Yeah, if you're a metal fan and you don't know Eyes, shame on you. Yeah, exactly. That that should be your uh, your coven right there. Yeah, that's kind of like the mecca of Pittsburgh metal. So, Quinn, I want to thank you for taking this time out of your schedule, and uh, thank you for coming on the show, man. Absolutely, man. Thank you. I always wanted to learn to play guitar, but never had the time. Then I heard about Progressions Music Studio. Progressions introduced me to an entirely new and convenient method of music instruction. They brought the music to me. The instructors from Progressions Music Studio came to my home with their knowledge and expertise, which saved me time and money. They worked around my schedule and tailored a program around my needs and skill level. 
best of all, I learned to play music like a guitar king of the 1960s. We didn't spend all of our time with drills or tunes from the 1860s. Progressions Music Studio offers a lot more than guitar. In fact, they have instructors for almost all instruments. Now I can rock it out on my electric like never before. Just imagine what they can do for you or the budding musician in your family. Don't make excuses. Make music. Check them out on the web at progressionsmusicstudio.com. That's P-R-O-G-R-E-S-S-I-O-N-S, musicstudio.com. Or call 724-777-4678. Come on, come on. Death Leopard. Poison. August 14th at First Niagara Pavilion with special guest Lita Ford, Death Lover, Poison. Tickets are on sale now. Buy tickets at LiveNation.com. All Ticketmaster outlets are charged by phone. All right, big thanks to Quinn Lucas for taking the time out of his day to talk to us. Uh, really great to catch up with those guys. And as I said in the interview, and uh, wasn't just blowing sunshine up his rear end, uh, the new album Rise, I, I really think, uh, takes a giant step forward for the band. It's a really good sounding album. Uh, the new vocalist is, is really kills it. So Cleopatra Records will be releasing that on July 2nd, as we said in the interview. So get yourself a copy. Um, and they'll be out on the road uh, probably for the rest of the summer or so, so catch them when you can. Speaking of shows that are going to be on the road, Rockstar Energy Drink Mayhem Festival brought to you by Live Nation at the First Niagara Pavilion or an amphitheater in your area, I'm sure. Mayhem this year, just insane, the uh, number of bands and, and the diversity and the quality of the bands. You've got Slipknot, Slayer, Motorhead, Anthrax. If that wasn't enough, as I lie dying, Devil Wears Prada, Asking Alexandria, Whitechapel, and many, many more. Uh, there will be bands playing. If you've never been to a Mayhem Festival, uh, they have three stages. Uh, there will be bands playing literally one following the next. Uh, as you might find at some of the other festivals, for example, uh, the Warped Tour, I know there will be several bands playing simultaneously. Uh, at the Rockstar Mayhem Festival, uh, at least last year, one band ended and literally the next band would go on the other stages. So if you want to see everyone on the bill, this is the event for you. You're not going to have to choose, do I want to see Motorhead or do I want to see Anthrax? You can see them both. You can see them all. Uh, also, if you're going, uh, a lot of great freebies and autograph signings throughout the day. Uh, when you get there, uh, you can get uh, information on where bands are going to be signing the CDs for the different record companies, have booths, and etc. So really, um, you know, the event starts at 1 o'clock. It probably won't end until 1 o'clock. It is a very long day. Uh, it is um, guaranteed to be ungodly hot no matter where you're at. It seems like heat follows this festival like a, like a dark cloud. But an amazing day, uh, one you won't forget. Uh, so it's, it's a great chance. If you're going to see one show this summer, this is the one that's going to give you the chance to soak it all up. So, what we did, we have uh, had Anthrax on the show many, many times. You heard at the top of the show. I think we've had everyone, with the exception of Scott Ian, on the show now. We caught up with Charlie Benante. Sean uh, did an interview with him just recently to kind of talk about what the Mayhem Festival means to Anthrax, uh, why they decided to get involved. So, without further ado, I'm going to turn that over to Sean and Charlie Benante of Anthrax. Welcome to the show. Hi, everyone. Uh, today with us on the show, we got Charlie Benate, drummer for the band Anthrax. How you doing, Charlie? 
I'm doing really good. Good um, to talk to you. Good talk to you, too. Um, so you guys just wrapped up touring Europe. How did that go? Well, that went really well, you know. We uh, played some really, really good festivals, some really hot shows, and, uh, you know, rocked them all. <laughs> um, so I guess now you guys uh, get a couple weeks off before the uh, Mayhem Festival. Yeah, that starts... Uh, I mean, that's next week. Next week. Next week. I noticed, uh, been reading that, and it was in the in the press release that you guys opted to do the uh, Jägermeister stage, the second stage, instead of the main stage. Is there a reason why you guys uh, decided to do that? Well, I, I mean, I think the the headlining of the second stage was m- more of the real offer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's where you know, where we wanted to be anyway, you know, I think well, from talking to other bands that, that have done done it, you know, I think for us that, that would be the best spot, you know. Right, right. Something about the crowds right up there against the stage, you don't have to worry about the seats and and the uh, crowd can get wild like they do at the interactions. So I know uh saw you guys here in Pittsburgh back in November. I know Scott got the crowd pretty riled up. It's kind of hard to do that with the uh, seats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, I think that was one, you know, a really good, you know, place to be uh, as far as the festival goes would be in that that area. Right. So, um, and I think we're just gonna roll with it, you know, just do the best we possibly could and just hit hard, you know. Is uh, you guys going to be changing up your set list at all, playing any of uh, classic tunes or? Of course, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're trying to do, we're trying to do everything that we possibly could. Right. To please, please everybody. But, you know, sometimes you just can't please everybody. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, You know, you play a lot of festivals in Europe and then playing over here. Is there a, a difference um, you think like playing overseas versus playing in the U.S. Um, and uh, you know, overseas they the fans will camp out for three to four days at the site in tents, and they'll live there, and it just becomes a lifestyle. Right. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't know if a lot of the fans here would would, would touch that. Um. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. So, I think they have a different way of looking, and their approach to it is a little different than the approach here. Okay. Um, now, you guys have a huge catalog of music, almost, you know, 30 years worth. Um, do you guys, you know, how do you guys pick the set list? Well, we, we, um, well, you already did it over in Europe. We tried it out over there, and it worked really well. So, you know, and I'm not saying that at some point during this Mayhem tour, we won't change it up either. Right, You know right. what I mean? And, uh, you know, try something different. Cool. Um, <clears throat> talk a little bit about uh, worship music, which has been out for nine months now almost, came out in September. Mm-hmm. Um, I know for me personally, when that album came out, I've been a huge Anthrax fan, you know, since you know the beginning, even like, you know, to the Joey years, the John Bush years and everything. And I have to say, when I first heard that album, it kind of took me back 
to like you know the earlier stuff, and it reminded me a lot of you know listening to you guys you know back when I was in high school and stuff. Um, now, was that when you guys were writing that album? Did you guys want to try and revisit some of that old stuff, or was it just kind of the flow of how no. everything came with you know reuniting with Joey? It was nothing in it that was, uh, we had no preconceived, you know, notions about how we were going to, uh, what we were going to be like or try and revisit, you know, the older days. It was just a question of writing some killer. Right. Heavy metal rock tunes and, and, and then once, once Joey started singing on it, then the album started to, Take shape, you know, like we really knew that we had something there. Right. You can definitely tell it definitely, uh, you know, stands out as, you know, one of you guys' best albums, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's, you know, like I said, it, it reminded me back of, you know, back of the old days. Um, now, you guys have been around for 30 some years. Did you ever imagine you guys would still be kicking? You know, this uh, I, uh, I never thought about it too much, like how far, you know. <laughs> right. Um, now you guys, you guys were, you know, based in New York, starting out in New York, and you know, back in the early '80s, thrash metal scene was always, you know, kind of associated with like the San Francisco area. Did you guys find it like a little bit harder trying to break in, not being out in that scene, or? No, no, not at all. Nothing like that was hard. It was just we were pretty much accepted from. The get go, you know what I mean? I guess maybe because of the whole Metallica staying with us and yada yada yada. So, uh, you know, maybe we had an end. Um, yeah, you guys, you know, the big four shows, that was obviously like a huge, you know, huge treat for the fantasy, like, you know, the big four powerhouses of thrash. Um, what was that experience like for you guys? It was awesome. Uh, it was a gift. And uh, the gift can keep on giving. Right. Um, and and it was, it was very special moments that we we had. And you could just look at the faces of the people out there in the audience and they're you know, fucking digging it, you know. Was there ever any talk about like taking that tour to you know more places, or was it always supposed to be kind of like uh, you know certain certain markets? Was there any uh, was there ever any talk about taking that tour, you know, to you know more places, or was it always just kind of supposed to be like something, you know, here and there type of a show? I, I mean, again, you know, uh, pretty much with the big four shows, it's always been uh, Metallica's call. Right. You know what I mean, and if the you know all the bands are scheduled you know, with nothing going on, then we all do it, or we drop what we're doing to do it. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. always, always that way. So, um, I think we all want to do it, and we, you know, still want to do more of it, because we had a ball. Right, right. And I know, you know, fans have been wanting to see stuff like that, you know, for a long time. Um yeah, it seems like to me, I don't know, I mean, do you feel like Thrash is making a big comeback? Because you, know, you guys had the new album out and the big four and and everything. Um, do you think there's more, you know, 
kind of you know, 90s, you had the grunge and all that, but it seems to me like everything's starting to, you know, roll around again in, as a cycle. Um, do you see it happening that way, too, or? I mean, I don't know Thrash Metal is making a, a big comeback, but I think it's definitely um, uh, strong right. at this point. You know, that style of music, you know, a lot of the next generation has now picked up on it, so they're interested in it, and maybe they didn't get to see it when it was in its heyday, so here it is. You know, time to kind of see these bands, you know, while they're still out there doing it, you know, so I think that's what it comes out to. Cool, cool. Um, getting back to the Mayhem Festival, because like I said, yeah, that's coming up here real quick. Um, what about doing the Mayhem Festival uh, appeal to most of you guys? Uh, it's the lineup of this is 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 really like uh, almost like a European festival, right? And I think I mean it's it's a heavy metal bill, you know what I mean? You got bands on there that you know who knows when the next time they'll play together, you know, like us Motorheads players, stuff. I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be killer, you know? Right, right. Um... And there's a lot of uh, you know younger bands on the on the festival too, and I think you know that gives them an opportunity to play with some of the greats and, and learn from them. Um, you know, do you think you know stuff like this is important for music? Well, it's definitely definitely the alternative to the shit that gets you know the attention. Right. I'm so sick of the, the shit that gets passed for you know music nowadays, um, and what gets you know critically acclaimed or the front page of something. I just look at it and I just puke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear that. Um, what the, you guys? Uh, what we what have? What's uh, after the Mayhem Festival? What do you guys got lined up? Well, we uh, start another tour in September and October here. And then uh, before we go over to Europe with Motorhead. Cool, cool. Um, any plans for a new album? Any, like, you know, I know it's only been nine No, cool. no, no, not yet. <laughs> All right, Charlie, I don't want to take up the, too much more of your time, so I want to thank you for uh, talking to us today. Thank you. The world's biggest heavy metal touring music festival is back. The Rockstar Energy Drink Mayhem Festival featuring Slipknot, Slayer, Motorhead, Anthrax, and more. Saturday, July 28th, First Niagara Pavilion. Tickets are on sale now. Buy tickets at LiveNation.com. Presented by the X at 105.9. All info at RockstarMayhemFest.com. All right, that runs June 30th all the way to August 5th with a date in Pittsburgh, July 28th. Uh, you can go to their website to find all the dates for the Rockstar Energy Drink Mayhem Festival. Also, you probably caught that uh, the Uproar Festival's been announced. I think a lot of people get those two shows mixed up. Um, the Mayhem Festival, obviously, a little more metal-oriented. The Uproar Festival, which is in late August, will feature uh, bands like Godsmack, who are ironically in the mayhem festival last year uh shine down godsmack um papa roach stained uh several other bands are on that as well so you want to check that out 
Also, want to remind you of a couple things we have going on. We have two contests running simultaneously. One, like us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Iron City Rocks. You can enter to win a pair of tickets to see Chicago and the Doobie Brothers playing at the First Niagara Pavilion out in Burgerstown, Pennsylvania on the 2nd of August. Also, on the 14th of August, you can catch Def Leppard, Poison, and Lita Ford for free on us. What you need to do, send us an email at ironcityrocks at gmail.com. Include in there a link to a YouTube video, 30 to 60 seconds of you or you and some friends singing a song from either Def Leppard, Poison, or Lita Ford. We don't care if it's a cappella. You have a karaoke machine behind you. You have your cousin Al on a guitar. Do whatever you want. We want you singing. Uh, We would love it if you tried some Joe Elliott harmonies, too. Uh, Send us that video. You'll be entered to win a pair of two tickets to see that show as well. Also, invite you to check out castironring.com. Iron City Rocks is part of a network of podcasts called The Cast Iron Ring, which features shows from Shockwave Hard Radio, Shockwave Skull Sessions, The Bone Hand Heavy Half Hour, Mars Attacks, Radioactive Metal, Focus on Metal, and Signal to Noise. Um, so many shows, hard to tell what all is going on, so the best place to go go to castironring.com a particular favorite of mine Fast Eddie who was the original or one of the original guitarists of the band Motorhead has joined Mob Nelbandian to talk about that he was also in Fastway if you remember the band Fastway so that's a really good one to listen to Uh, really really enjoyed that so check that out we also have a mobile app you go to the iTunes store app store search for Cast Iron Ring you can get all of our shows all the mobile info, all the contact info, all that great crap right there on your iPhone. We're working on the Android, we promise. So check that out as well. If you'd like to drop us an email, ironcityrocks at gmail.com. Tell us what you like about the show. Tell us what sucked about the show. Uh, we would appreciate any feedback on iTunes. Again, we mentioned Facebook. We're also on twitter.com forward slash ironcityrocks. Um, we have YouTube and did create a Google Plus page as well just because we felt like we had to. Not a huge Google Plus fan. I don't know that anybody seems to be. But as Facebook goes these days, people will be searching for an alternative, I am sure. So many, many, many ways to get a hold of us. You can always go to the mothership of ironcityrocks.com. And taking us out this time, we've got a band from Pittsburgh called Vermithrax, V-E-R-M-I-T-H-A. R-A-X, vermithraxmetal.com. This is a track called The Final Feast. Enjoy it, and we'll talk to you next time. <laughs>